if you just rely on your willpower and being strong, you fatigue it and then you blow out and you have those chocolates. So you've got to build things around your willpower, like habits. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find out how to access exclusive discounts on Filex, the fitness industry convention. In this episode, leading dietitian and nutritionist Matt O'Neill discusses the power of building habits over willpower alone for fat loss, meal planning, maintenance, and the importance of the next goal with Network's Oliver Kitchenman. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks for having me chat. Matt, you're presenting a session at this year's Phylex convention called Mastering the Fat Loss Mindset. And this really seems to be the vibe at the moment, getting clients to not just follow orders, but to, to change the way they, they think so that they actually change their own approach to, to weight loss or fat loss. Is this something that you, you're noticing in the industry? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is where the education is not enough. I mean, a lot of people know what to eat. They know they should be eating more vegetables. They know that exercise is good, but, you know, life gets in its way. So, you know, as a dietitian, you know, I might tell people how many dairy to eat, you know, and why they need fiber in their diet. But often I've got to say, do do you need the information or do you need a kick in the pants? And they say, well, I need a kick in the pants. So a lot of that is trying to get inside their head. And I often say, look, I want to move around a few of your thoughts and beliefs about food, one, to get rid of that confusion, but also to have them feel like, well, I'm more confident I can do it. So, um, yeah, you do have to get more and more coachy these days. Okay, so how important is willpower when it comes to eating and adhering to exercise? It's really important from a number of angles, but probably not in that traditional sense that people think about willpower. Though I think, you know, I have willpower or I don't, you know, or I, have, I, I can't resist chocolate when it's in the cupboard. And there's a number of things about willpower is that, you know, that analogy of it being like a muscle, you know, it gets fatigued. So if you just rely on your willpower and being strong, you fatigue it and then you blow out and you have those chocolates. So you've got to build things around your willpower, like habits. Habits are those repeating behaviors you do automatically. So getting in the habit of preparing your salad lunch the night before ensures you'll have salad the next day rather than that willpower of, you know, at lunch, what will I eat? And suddenly there's pizza, which is tempting that. So habits take the pressure off your willpower. Another thing to do with willpower is like getting lots of sleep and eating well actually strengthen your willpower because you level out your biochemistry for cravings and sleep as well makes sure that your hormones are balanced and you can see with poor diet and lack of sleep willpower just doesn't have any protection so basically you build stuff around your willpower and train it and then if you get down the track you're on a weight loss diet and you find that oh there's chocolate in the house and I didn't even I didn't even know it was there, you know, and people know this. They go, wow, I didn't even need willpower. So your willpower gets strong over time, but just don't test it too early. Focus on habits and all those behaviors that happen automatically. Okay, interesting. So what specific habits would you say um, would be useful for your average client who's trying to lose weight to boost their motivation? Yeah, often, you know, they say, do you change everything and turn your life upside down or is there just a a few simple habits? I think the go-to ones are going to be preparing your meals. 
like planning ahead. You know, think of the Olympics coming up and they've got athletes that have been rehearsing for four years, eight years, some of them, to prepare for this. So your rehearsal of getting your meals ready and your menu a week ahead is so that you're ready to do it when you actually get there. So just planning meals is really, really good. The other best thing to do to, to make a good habit is to know what's going to happen if somebody offers you a treat. If they say, do you want a drink? Do you want a chocolate? Is have something ready to say, whether it's, you know, no thanks, I'm full or no thanks, I'm allergic to that chocolate or even say, if you have to, look, I'm doing a research project with Matt O'Neill and I'm only allowed to eat these foods, you know, so I apologise, I can't eat that chocolate. So have those responses ready. And that's a rehearsal too and guaranteed to work, not every time, but most times. Okay, so what things tend to undermine motivation? I'm guessing from what you've just said, other people could be a factor that can undermine motivation. Um, are there other under? That things that would uh, fit into that category. Yeah, as well as people sabotaging you and that, and they they, they think you should, you know, you deserve a treat because you've been going to the gym and, and you deserve it. Then you can sabotage yourself because when you start to go really well, you think, oh, I will have a treat because I've been going well. And often that's at the exact time where you've got to say to yourself, no, let's just keep it going well and let's leave that food to be a sometimes food. You know, I can wait until the weekend. The other thing can be just thinking you're fixed or thinking you're stronger than you are. Don't test yourself. Like if chocolate is your thing, then don't bring chocolate into the house for that time. And you've got to get the rest of the people at home on board, obviously. But you, that means having a hard discussion with them and saying, look, I, hubby, you know, chocolate, you can eat it, but I can't, but I'd appreciate it if it wasn't here. So, you know, just not having those things around is an enormous help to reduce your temptation. So why would you say some people can stick at weight loss while others don't? Is it that they've got innate willpower and others need to learn it or are there other reasons? Yeah, there's a few things in that. And I mean, somebody can follow a diet for a week or two and then they fall off the wagon. I mean, often it's at the beginning, like and if you are working with clients or you're thinking about, well, how do I get more motivated right from the start? You've got to establish things like, and the two main things are importance and confidence because it's not like you lack willpower. It's just that you didn't have an important enough reason to stick to your diet at the beginning. So if your reason is, I've got to drop 10 kilos, otherwise I'm going to get diabetes, you know, and die. It could be if I don't lose the weight, I can't run around with my grandkids and that's really important to me. Or it could be, you know, I've got a wedding to come up to, you know, and that's important for me as well. So have that, it's important to lose weight, therefore stick at my diet. The other thing to go in tandem with that, because not just enough to be important, you've got to be confident that you can do it. So you, you know you want to lose weight to get your diabetes under control, but oh, I don't know what foods to eat. If you don't know, learn them. You know, get educated and find out what foods, how to read food labels. And it's when you've got an important enough reason and you remind yourself, you know, you might put a photo on your fridge of that bikini you really want to get into as a visual reminder and you also put like how to read a food label like tip sheet, so the confidence thing, then importance and confidence, all the coaching psychology says, that's what keeps you on your diet because not only... Do you know why you're doing it, but you know how to do it? And most people come unstuck because they just forget why they did it in the first place and they're too confused. Okay, so say you've used some of these techniques. Um, you, your, your goal was to lose five kilos. You've lost five kilos. You're, you're happy with that. Now you want to maintain that, that five kilo weight loss. You're happy with your weight. Is the, the mindset at that point for maintenance any different to what the, the skills that you'd need in the initial weight loss phase? The main thing is keeping doing what's worked for you. 
because you found out things that work and things don't work. You know, one thing that works might be after dinner you have a small, very tiny serving bowl of yogurt with some berries, you know, as a dessert rather than ice cream. And you know that when you get that serving bowl out just after dinner, that works for you. So stick at doing the things that work for you, whether it's a food or a fitness thing. It could be I've got to keep up my personal trainer, you know, because that's important as well. So keep doing that. But one important thing for maintenance is having that next goal, you know, to go to. A lot of people lose weight and they go, wow, I'm fit now. I wouldn't mind going in a fun run or I wouldn't mind, you know, getting the rest of my family fit. So having the next goal is important. And the other thing too is because that first goal might have been so far away, like wanting to lose 10 kilos could take 10 weeks or it could take 20, it could take some people a year. So, you know, you, you want to say, okay, each week I want to have a small goal. I'm going to get to the gym three times a week. I'm going to eat three bits of fruit a day. These are like targets to aim for. So when you get to maintenance, you can feel a little bit lost unless you, one, set a new big goal to work towards in the distance, but then keep small daily and weekly targets. Because if you have three bits of fruit a day and that's your target, you can celebrate. You know, but if your goal is to lose another 10 kilos, you're going to have another 10, 10 weeks or half a year before you can celebrate and make sure you have those small celebrations along the way. That's what keeps you maintaining and keeps you being successful. Okay, so bearing in mind that personal trainers, for example, can't give specific nutrition advice or dietary advice, but they can give general general tips on, on healthy eating. How would PTs be able to sort of use some of this information or use some of these skills or encourage these skills in their clients? Yeah, and look, a lot of PTs say that, that they're confused about what to say because there's so much information. They also say, yeah, I'm not qualified, and that really holds them back from giving any nutrition advice in the sense of just saying, hey, you should eat five veg. Look, eating five serves of veg is a standard thing. And just to show you how practical it is, it's half a cup of cooked veg or a whole cup of salad veg. You should have five of those a day. So that's like two cups of salad veg at lunch and a cup and a half of cooked veg at night. Bingo, you've done it. And that's actually like a government recommendation as well. So at a minimum, you could just help your clients achieve that target of five veg a day. And I guarantee if they hit that target, they're going to eat other healthy things as well. So really keep them accountable for the basics. That's what works well. And if you're a personal trainer, I mean, you can make clients do push-ups, you can make them do sit-ups, you can make them do all these exercises and train them. You should just make them accountable for eating lettuce, you know, as well. It's just a bit harder though because you can stand over them and make them do push-ups, but you can't really go home with them and stand over them and make them eat 10 mouthfuls of lettuce. So you've got to come up with some very practical ideas. I mean, I mean, sure, minimum of two fruit as well, minimum of two dairy a day, making sure they don't go off any particular food group. You know, with all these crazy ideas about food, best thing you can do as a trainer is ensure people get back to the basics and get those results. And, you know, if you are not confident and you want help, then get a dietitian to help you work with them. You know, I work with trainers with a program too, and they coach clients but I design the diets. And that's that's a good sort of collaborative work between trainers and dietitians as well. So I'm up for helping anybody that needs help. So I'm guessing um, if, you, if you're advocating um, sort of common sense approach for personal trainers when it comes to, to advising on nutrition, whole foods and, the, and their, my fewer processed foods would be a key recommendation? 
Yeah, look, definitely. And that's not new information to people. They know we should get, you should get off the junk food, you know, the sugar and the donuts and the lollies and the treats and the burgers, definitely. And we try to tell people that, but you know, there's some really good recent information coming out that gives us more ammunition to convince people to eat well, to eat really nutrient rich food. And of course, that's what I'm on about. And the three main things are, uh, reducing inflammation, so the anti-inflammatory effects of foods, gut health now as well, so the right balance of good bacteria to bad bacteria, and also appetite management. And it looks like all the food groups have things to offer. So for example, vegetables can help reduce inflammation of fat cells to help you lose fat. And you've got to tell clients that probiotic uh, bacteria, say lactobacillus, bifidium from yogurt, you know, in dairy, which often people are told, I oh, don't have dairy, dairy is bad for you. But in yogurt can improve gut health and that might have you absorb less calories from your food if you've got a healthy gut. Imagine that, you know, absorbing less calories, it helps you stay leaner. And of course, if you have a high fiber diet, say from whole grains, then the whole grain component can help suppress appetite as well. So it works in three different ways, you know, appetite suppression, gut health, anti-inflammation. And these are some very new, exciting ways that you can sell the idea to your clients to eat all those specific good foods they should have been, but they're too distracted by all those trends out there. So, you know, they meant to say it should be just calories in, calories out, and it's not rocket science. But yeah, it is very technical as well. But if you can sell on these technical benefits, um, it does convince clients to eat well. So a lot of it is a case of really telling clients it's not just about weight loss. There are, there are lots of other benefits too, and to it, and this is why. There's, there's so many more benefits, and and you know, increasingly I'm working with clients not just on nutrition, but I'm telling them you need to sleep more because when they sleep less, their appetite hormones, particularly ghrelin, goes through the roof, and when that happens, they crave more. And you, I mean, if you're just telling them you need to do your exercise, you need to you know eat healthy, but you're not covering sleep or stress, even stress will do the same thing. And you know, you just ask a client you know, oh, can we talk about sleep? And you tell them the facts are that sleep increases hormonal cravings and you will find it hard to eat more and lose weight and get results from me on your diet unless we talk about sleep. Is that okay? And if they give you permission to talk about sleep, they're sort of saying, hey, don't just coach me for exercise and fitness, but give me some diet advice and maybe remind me to sleep well. And you don't have to be a huge sleep scientist just to tell someone, hey, five hours a night is too little. Why don't you aim for six or seven and get a bit better? I mean, kick them in the pants for exercise, kick them in the pants for sleep too. Matt, thank you very much for talking to Network. Thanks, Ollie. My pleasure. For more articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au.